You know what's funny? What? I never actually cut out the beginning part that's like, and we started. <laughs> yeah, and, I know. <laughs> and we're rolling. So I think that's how we're going to start every episode since we don't actually know how to start an episode. Okay. Because we're that's... always like, we're rolling five <laughs> seconds later. Hi. <laughs> and then another five seconds later. Hi. And then another five seconds is like, okay, um, I guess we'll start now. Yep. Uh, hi. And then we go on to the highs again. Right. <laughs> so uh, okay. I'm just going to start with, and we're rolling. Hi. So, hi. <laughs> and welcome to... Known, known unknowns. Who's own... going to say known unknowns? I don't know. Should we... Like... I don't know. I feel like you usually say, and welcome. Yeah. And I say... To known <laughs> unknowns, an awkward beat later. Mm-hmm. I'm Carly. And I'm Harry. And uh, this is the podcast where we talk about known unknowns. Creepy stuff. Creepy stuff, spooky stuff, weird stuff. All of it. Unexplainable phenomena. Yeah. That. Uh, or explainable phenomena mm-hmm. that we choose to not find explanations for mm-hmm. okay <laughs> well all right well this weekend i was out of town so right. i didn't have time to do any research mm-hmm. um so i'm doing something easy and i'm gonna go first because i really don't want to follow harry's well-researched <laughs> topic he's been researching for two weeks now well not two weeks yeah not two weeks straight but he didn't want to do it last week because he wanted more time to research right and then i procrastinated until the last minute this week seriously the last minute he wrote up the script he it took him two hours and i'm very tired and want to sleep and i still have to edit this afterwards we can edit it and release it tomorrow no. You sure? That's not how that works. Okay. They need to have it ready at, you know, 7 a.m. on Monday morning when people are headed to class. Okay. They can listen. And while to- I'm sleeping. Okay. <laughs> so. All right. All right. So, so uh, I'm going to go. So I am going to do, I'm going to talk about the Chicago Mothman sightings. Okay. Yeah. We, so you kind of know what the Mothman is. Right. We you touched do, on right? it in our well, bonus app. Yeah. And if you don't know what the Mothman is, you should. <laughs> um, look it up. No. <laughs> um, generally, it's like back in the 60s, a bunch of Mothman sightings. I think it was the 60s. I think that was the first sighting. Okay. But then, like, recently there was, like, a bunch of sightings. Not that recently. I don't know when. In West Virginia, in this small town in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, like, this guy that hangs out in the woods. He's, like, a huge guy, like, six feet tall. And he has red eyes and, like, bat wings. And he's, like, the size of a very large person human so, so he's really, just tall they should call him batman yeah well but i guess he has like moth wi- his <laughs> wings so they call him mothman right and he yeah his, and people like see him flying all the time his batman was taken yeah that's true <laughs> batman was taken um 
So, if you guys haven't heard, there's been a lot of Chicago Mothman sightings. Oh. There, it hit its peak in 2017. Okay. Uh, there were like a bunch all the time. And then there's been a lot very recently. Mm. Yeah. So, I'm just going to read some stories from it's phantomsandmonsters.com. This guy named Lon Stickler. Strickler. Um, he has like a book. He has this website where you can email him or call him with any sightings of weird things, basically. And he has a whole page about, um, what's it called? It's Chicago and regional winged humanoid slash flying entity sightings and encounters. Okay. And you can email him or call him at any time of the day. And you can tell him about your um, Chicago Mothman encounter because there's been so many. And then he will post it on this website. There's actually a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's Lon Strickler, phantomsandmonsters.com. And he has like a lot of uh, tabs like the, uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Todd C's investigation ongoing. Uh, the David Eckhart alien ordeal. Uh, Sioux City entity. Yeah, that's that's a good name for City like a entity. for like a baseball team or something. Sioux like the Sioux City entities. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be funny. Basically, like you can contact him with any weird, freaky sightings mm. of anything, and he'll like put it on his website. Okay. It's really cool. You guys should actually go visit the website. It's very interesting. Um, so I have five stories to tell you. They're all real sightings. And I have two from the huge spurt in 2017. And then I have three of the most recent sightings. And they were all in October of 2019. Uh So like this this month, basically. It's November now, but like this last month. Yeah. Which is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Okay, so this one is from Sunday, June 4th, 2017. It's titled Large Large Winged Humanoid Encountered Again in Lincoln Park, Chicago. Not again. Again. I hate when that happens. Okay, so this is Strickler talking. It's, I received a telephone call at exactly 12.04 a.m. Sunday of a sighting of a large man with bat wings in the 400 block of North Arlington Place between North Clark Street and North Lakeview Avenue in the Lincoln Park community of Chicago. A couple called me from the location after the encounter. It took them about an hour to search Google for similar sightings and find my telephone number. The sighting was on Saturday uh 6 3 2017 is that june mm-hmm. june 3rd 2017 so i guess this was posted later at approximately 10 p.m local time ct local time is that central, central time. oops both witnesses talked to me they were both shook up and re and assured me that neither of them drink alcohol or take drugs both are both are a couple of squares to me mm-hmm. i know both are professionals and business owners in the chicago area they had just finished a late dinner at a local restaurant and noticed the flying anomaly as they were walking on the 400 block of north arlington place 
The streetlights illuminated the figure enough to startle them, so it could not have been very high above the street. They both described it as a seven to eight foot solid black humanoid with wide membrane wings that resembled those of a huge bat. The wingspan was at least 12 feet, the head was prominent and thinner than a human head. The back end of the body uh, tampered to a point. I think he meant tapered, but there's an M. (laughs) Tampered to a point. No legs were noticed, but could have been tucked up under the body. The figure was gliding quickly along the length of the street heading east, then suddenly ascended into the night sky. Neither heard any sound. Both witnesses told me that they felt a sense of foreboding and were still terrified almost an hour after the encounter. I asked the witnesses to write down what they experienced and to provide a sketch if possible. I will add the information to this post as I receive it. And he does post it. Uh, Update. On the same night and around the same time, another couple encountered the winged humanoid in the Lincoln Park slash Lakeview community. The report was received by UFO Clearinghouse. Um... This report was submitted to the website at 11 p.m. on June 4th, 2017. The UFOCH investigative team has already made contact with the witness and her boyfriend and are conducting a a full investigation into this sighting. We should note that there have been multiple sightings of this flying entity made in the Lincoln Park slash Lakeview neighborhood within the last 24 hours. You can find the other sighting report at phantomandmonsters.com. The sighting report is as follows. I was walking with my boyfriend in Lincoln Park at 10 p.m. on Saturday, June 3rd, and saw a huge bat, or what I could only describe as a bat glide past. It was huge and long. I can't explain what it was, but it was not normal. It was pitch black and had no feathers. I thought it was an eagle or a bat, but it was definitely bigger than both of those. Its wings were skin-like, and it made no sound. I called my boyfriend to see it, but by the time he looked, he only saw the tail end of it. We both felt very uneasy and more uneasy after Googling and coming across similar reports. I'm not sure what to make of it, but it was not normal. The wings were longer than my boyfriend's arms, and he's six foot. A full report will be posted as soon as possible. So I think that's two separate sightings. I don't think the other people ever got back to him. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because this is update, second report. On the same night and around the same time, another couple encountered... So, like, two... Yeah. Those were two separate sightings on the same day. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's, like, a theme of all of these. Like, there are multiple people around, and multiple people are reporting the same thing on the same night. Okay. What? Nothing. It's serious. Yeah, I know. Okay, this one is from Saturday, June 24th, 2017. Large, so only a few weeks later. Large human-like black bat seen by multiple witnesses at Adler Planetarium. Just received another flying humanoid sighting from Manuel Navarrete at UFO Clearinghouse. So people report stuff to UFO Clearinghouse a lot too, and then they send them to this guy as well so so he can put it on his website. I see. So this is the actual person who encountered the thing, his email. I want to tell you about a sighting that happened on Friday the 23rd of June at about 9.30 p.m. by the Adler Planetarium in Chicago, Illinois. My girlfriend and I are spending the weekend in Chicago, and we took a walk around the Adler and Shedd Aquarium so she could try to get some more Pokemon. We were spending our anniversary together downtown and wanted to visit the museum campus. 
we were at the back side of the Adler Planetarium and had walked along the path toward the food court. We ordered some food and sat down when there was commotion and a bunch of people were shouting and pointing at the sky. We both got up and went to look what was going on and saw a large black bat-like creature headed away from us. When we asked people what they had seen, we were told that they had seen a large bat. Everyone described it as a large bat-like creature that also had human-like features. Hmm. What we saw was flying away from us, but supported what everyone else had been looking at. Uh, everyone... Okay, wait. What we... What we saw was flying away from us, but supported what everyone else had seen as looking like a large bat. We hung around for about 30 minutes after that, looking up at the sky, as was everybody else. No one saw or heard anything for the remainder of the time that we were there. There was the feeling of uneasiness amongst the people who were there, and many shortly departed right before we did. Note. So this is a note from Strickler. Strickler writes a note at, at the end of every post to like kind of update you uh-huh. on what's been happening. Right. Note. Well, this is the third sighting reported in two days. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So that's that one. Interesting. Yeah. So now we're going to get into the recent ones, mm. which is creepy to me. Yeah. So he's moved to the suburbs. Oh, really? Yes. Thursday, October 10th, 2019. Rosemont, Illinois, winged humanoid witness comes forward. <laughs> He decided it was time to settle down. Yeah, pretty much. Um, This is a follow-up. So this is Strickler talking. This is a follow-up to possible Chicago Mothman recently observed in Rosemont, Illinois. The witness eventually contacted me by email and by telephone. He was very wary after filing his initial report with the MUFON, then having an undesirable discussion with the field investigator. He then searched Google and found my contact information. Mm Mm-hmm. After gaining the witness's trust, we eventually communicated freely. The following is a more detailed description of the incident and being. So this is the guy's email that he sent to Strickler. Okay. Okay. The encounter was so brief, but I also got a pretty good look at the creature. I was parked by the light pole. It always, it allows me to park a little more off the road. I was fumbling around with some charging cables that led to the back seat of the car for my passengers to use while in the car. He was like a rideshare person. Uh-huh. I had a passenger side, I had my passenger side windows down to give my AC a break. It was then that I saw movement and looked up to see the creature emerging out of the trees. It was a large, it was large and about six to seven feet tall. It was human-like in appearance, but almost solid black. There were no real features on this thing, just solid black. It swiveled its head around, looking and scanning, and that is where I saw the glowing red eyes. The rest of the body was thin. I remember making note that it looked like a thin person and it was sort of hunched over because its arms were down to about its knees. The wings were about as wide as it was tall, so about six to seven feet in width, and looked like the wings of a bat. When it walked, it kind of had a weird sort of a waddle, not so much like a penguin, but like the kind of a stride that a large bird like an emu would have. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Anyway, it stood there for a few <laughs> seconds looking around. I know I'm not the only one who saw it saw it because there must have been three or four other drivers there waiting for the next call. It unfurled its wings and after a few seconds it began to flap them. Slow at first, then faster and faster as it leaped into the air. It flew like a large bird would. 
It used its wings to gain altitude, slowly adjusting itself into a more normal stance. The sounds of the wings were kind of muffled, but could still be heard for a few seconds. I will tell you something that I didn't tell the other investigator. Ooh, exclusive. In, yeah. In the moment it emerged from the trees, there was a strong smell of ammonia. It smelled like the old ammonia products that they used, um, that they used to use, used to use to clean the bathroom. It was very pungent, but not overwhelming. When it took off, the smell was gone within a minute or two. It took off in, in a south direction, headed toward the giant inflatable building that houses the indoor golf range. Have there been reports of this thing recently? Well, Thank you, and if you have any other questions, please contact me with them. Well, at least it's a clean Mothman. <laughs> you don't bird. believe this. You're not buying it. This was a this was like a few weeks ago. Okay. You're not buying it. There's I so mean, many of these reports. Go onto this website. Look for this page. There's like hundreds of these mm. sightings. Like I only picked a few of them. Okay. All right. What do you think people are seeing? I don't know. Uh, Many people are seeing a large bat flying around. Right. Or either many people are saying they're seeing that or this guy is saying that many people are saying they're seeing that. No. Okay. Okay. This one was Tuesday, October 15th, 2019. Tall, red-eyed cryptid encountered in Richmond, Illinois. Mm -hmm. I recently received the following email. Friday, October 5th, 2019, around 10 p.m., my 17-year-old son and I were coming home through Richmond, Illinois. He wanted McDonald's. We took the back roads home. We lived in Wisconsin on, on the border. And on Route 173 and Broadway, I believe it's Broadway, we both saw something very tall, six to seven feet, hunched over, looking with the brightest red eyes we've ever seen. It looked as if it were floating or hopping. We couldn't make out much as if as it was very dark, but it but it was not like an animal we've seen before. When I got home, I started Googling animals and found some Mothman myth. I'm not sure what we saw, but it was out of the ordinary. We took this road often, but only a few times at night and had never seen this before. It was maybe 10 to 20 feet from our car and my son was freaking out telling me to go, so we didn't stop. Our family thinks we're crazy and teases us that we saw a zombie, so I'd prefer this to stay anonymous. I came across your info and thought I'd share. We didn't notice any wings, but it was dark out. We both thought it was hopping like a kangaroo, and now I'm curious if there are any other odd sightings in the area. Mo. This is back to Strickler. I was later able to talk by telephone to Mo. She had left work late on Friday, October 5th, 2019, and had picked up her 17-year-old son on the way home. The time was approximately 10 p.m. They're on Route 173, Kenosha Street, and Broadway Road on their way to McDonald's. They were also adjacent to the North Branch Conservation Area. They both noticed a pair of bright red eyes along the side of the road. The creature was about seven feet in height and and dark in color. It was stooped or hunched over as if something heavy was attached to its back. The witnesses never saw wings, but it seemed some structure was on its back. As they approached it, the creature looked at them and started to hop back. Um, They had gotten very close to it, about 20 feet or less. As it hopped back towards the field, they looked back and it seemed 
and it seemed that it suddenly disappeared. It never took flight. Most stated that the eyes were similar to two very bright lights that emanated from within the creature. Mo wanted to turn around and look again, but her son was totally freaked out by the encounter and insisted she continue driving. The witness had no indication of the winged humanoid sightings in the uh, in and around Chicago. She immediately began to research her sightings and found my information. Note. Uh, no, there's no fun note. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Weird, right? Yeah. It didn't... It didn't fly, so hopped. Yeah, more of a kangaroo man. No. How do we, how do we know it's the same thing? Um, big black creature, seven feet tall, red eyes, hunched over, thin. I mean, if the Mothman exists, then this other thing can also exist. I think it's the Chicago Mothman. Yeah, you're right. It okay. probably is. My last one. Okay. Monday, October twenty eighth. 2019 that's less than a week ago i know huge black bat winged entity observed by multiple witnesses in rosemont illinois Mm. um so we were staying at the edward hotel in rosemont illinois for a wedding we were attending that was being held at the hotel during the reception and dance i stepped outside to smoke a cigarette and get away from all the noise for a few minutes I took a walk toward the parking lot, smoking and checking my phone, when I heard a loud scream. It sounded like a woman screaming, so I looked up in the direction of where the scream was coming from, hoping it wasn't really a woman in danger. Next to the parking lot is the strange field where some trees... Is a strange field... No. Next to the parking lot is a large field (laughs) with some trees, but mostly a large vacant lot. I used my cell phone's flashlight to light the way and saw nothing except darkness. I walked over to the gravel path between the parking lot and the field toward where my car was parked. That is when I heard something like wings flapping and something flew right over the top of me and maybe seven to ten feet above me. I could have easily thrown a rock and hit it as it flew over me and away. This thing was at least six feet tall and was solid black with large wings. It looked like a giant-sized bat as it flew over the top of me. It was all black and kind of stuck out against the lights of the dark of the parking lot and the lights from around the area, including the gas station across the street. Three other people saw it as well, including a couple who were walking across the parking lot as I heard them exclaiming about it. It flew toward the expressway and the BP gas station. This whole time it was screeching loud and flapping its wings hard like it was trying to gain height. When I lost sight of it, it was about the height of the billboard across the street, still shrieking away. Now, I know I had been drinking during the wedding and was a little buzzed when I walked outside, but I was as sober as a judge after seeing this thing. It was unnatural and was pretty much the scariest thing I ever did see, but I know for a fact that I saw it and those other people saw it. Investigator notes. I spoke to the witness over the weekend over the phone. The witness states that he and his girlfriend were attending a mutual friend's wedding reception when he decided to step outside and smoke a cigarette. He stated when he first heard the screaming, it sounded almost like a woman in distress, which make him look around to see if anyone needed help. He stated that as he walked around the gravel path smoking and looking around, uh, and looking around, and that is where he heard the sound of flapping. The witness said it sounded like 
when geese flap their wings only louder and deeper. It was then that he saw the entity fly over his head at a height of a of about seven feet over his head. <laughs> he said the creature was solid black, but still reflected light from the street lamps in the parking lot in the surrounding area. He stated that it looked like a giant bat, stating that there was no other way to describe what it looked like. When asked if he saw any red eyes or other distinguishing features, the witness stated that he did not. The witnesses state... The witness state that it was moving too fast for him to pick out any features other than the general description he gave. He did state that there are at least three other witnesses who saw the entity when it overflew the parking lot, but did not talk to them. The witness did state that he had been drinking alcohol during the, recep during the reception, but that he was not impaired in any way and that he could not have been mis- and that he could not have misidentified anything else that might have been in the area. The witness stated that he has heard geese and the sound the entity was making was completely different than the honking made by geese. I asked him to please describe the sound and he said it was a cross between a woman screaming and an animal growling. When asked what kind of animal, he stated it sounded like a mountain lion. The witness did not say that the creature did gain altitude... Wait, the witness did say that the creature did gain altitude very quickly, and when it faded out of sight, it was over the nearby expressway and about the height of the billboard it had passed. The entity was still making the screeching noise and could still be heard as it went out of sight. When asked about flight characteristics, the witness did add that the creature had two short legs that it kept then straight behind him as he was in flight, therefore making it look like a bat in flight. When asked what he did after the sighting, he said he went back inside and told his girlfriend, who dismissed it as him seeing a crane or another large bird. <laughs> they rejoined the reception, and the rest of the night was uneventful. When asked if he had tried to take a video or a picture, the witness said that he was in shock and that he did not reach for his phone. Note, the previous sighting report can be found at Rosemont, Illinois. Wayne okay, yeah, we know that. <laughs> Anything else? There's, like, pictures pictures of the area yeah pictures was. of the area where it was he always mm. adds pictures and like a map of where it is uh, interesting so that's what i got okay isn't that weird yeah it is weird i think it's creepy yeah and i think it, there's something if there's hundreds of sightings in the same area some on the same night and basically all the same description sometimes people describe it as a large owl like a okay. seven foot owl, <laughs> like owl wings, but like kind of like a humanish body. Yeah, I think that's way cooler. If, if it was an, like a giant owl, I would much rather have that than a than a man bat. A man bat. Man bat. I moth. think it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. I think that's super I don't, creepy. I don't believe in it, but I like that it's. What do you think people there. are seeing? I don't know. <laughs> well, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, never mind. What? I just don't understand yeah, how you can dismiss those si well, all the sightings. Because it just doesn't fit into the way that I understand the world as working. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. <gasps> I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Well, moving mm -hmm. on. All right. Well, that's that is it is cool though it's interesting i like it yeah no it's weird it kind of freaks me out i want to see it <laughs> yeah it's I, weird. I'd, I'd like to see it be you cool. wouldn't believe it you'd be like it was a big bird well, 
probably because that's probably what it was. Yeah, you'd think I was crazy. I mean, no. Yes. <laughs> All, All right. right. Moving on. Moving on. To something that I do believe in. Oh my gosh. What? Nothing. Um, anyway, okay, so uh so this is uh I don't know, might might seem a little a little different than uh I don't know. Well it's 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 definitely in a different mode than what we just talked about. Um Good. and I don't know, than so than most of the other stuff we've talked about on this uh podcast. Uh but it is a conspiracy conspiracy theory and one that i do believe in um it doesn't have any supernatural elements or uh and it's on a much smaller scale mine didn't have any supernatural elements to it what the mothman the mothman it's the creature mine's not about that kind of thing or and it's on a much smaller scale and lower stakes than like birds aren't real but okay what is it um well it's a fascinating story about gambling, drugs, <clears throat> crooked cops, corporate corruption, racism, baseball, basketball, and a little man I like to call. Well, he's not a-, <laughs> <laughs> a very large man named Michael Jordan. Ooh. Um, yeah, I first heard about this theory on a on a very good podcast called Dunktown. That is Dunktown. a uh, a good podcast for new or old basketball fans who are uh, interested in learning about uh, less about like stats and strategic stuff and more about uh, all the cool storylines that go on and about who's got the best shoes and stuff like that. Anyway. Who's got the best butt? Who's yeah, cutest butts. Cutest butts. Cutest cuties and all that kind of thing. Anyway, uh okay. So I'm gonna start this story in nineteen eighty eight. Uh that year was a turning point for the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. Uh he was finishing up his fourth season with the team, uh uh with putting on a, a performance that hinted at uh, the great things to come over the rest of his career. Uh, the team finished the 1987-88 regular season with a winning record for the first time in seven years. Um, this was also the first time since Jordan was drafted that they made it out of the first round of the playoffs. Um, so he was doing really good. Yeah, yeah, and okay. starting to like distinguish himself and the team as a force to be reckoned with. Okay. Um, and that year he also uh, won uh, his first MVP award, first Defensive Player of the Year award, and the all-star game mvp that year okay so did you ever explain what this conspiracy is about or are you just gonna get to it in the i'm story? gonna get to it okay so a conspiracy about michael jordan yeah okay mm-hmm. continue sorry uh gonna drink my seemingly alcohol. unrelated but 700 miles away this same year in robeson county north carolina in february oh but mothman is so absurd what 700 miles away <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, uh, so February 1st of 1988, two men, both Native Americans of the local Tuscarora tribe, walked into the offices of the county's main newspaper, the Robesonian. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I like that name, the Robesonian. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, for Robeson County, Robesonian. Oh, that's funny. 
Oh, cool. All right. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> they were carrying sawed-off shotguns into the offices oh and chained the doors shut behind <gasps> them, trapping as many as 20 people inside oh the my- building with them. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> what? How is this related? It okay. all will okay, become sorry. clear. Okay. I need to apologize. Go. <laughs> Just go. They held the staff of the Robesonian hostage for 10 hours. Oh my, why? After which point they let everyone go with no injuries and surrendered willingly to law enforcement. Why did they do that? During the siege, (laughs) the two men named Eddie Hatcher and Timothy Jacobs made their case to the government and to the general public. Their demand, which was met, was that the governor set up a special task force to investigate racial bias and corruption by law enforcement and Justice Department officials in Robeson County. Jacobs and Hatcher claimed that their lives were in danger because they possessed evidence implicating members of the county sheriff's department, led by Sheriff Hubert Stone in the local drug trade, including maps of drop-off points, names of coke-dealing deputies, and details of their transactions. Oh my god, did this really happen? Yeah. Holy crap. Uh, They also read a list of 18 recent deaths and murders that they said were related to the law's activities in the drug business. Oh my god, so these were like... They did this for like a good reason. Yeah, Not to bring you should attention ever hold to anyone up with a gun. <laughs> Never, ever. Right. But like, I thought they were just kind of being mean. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, including uh, including uh, one of the deaths was that of a man who was shot by Deputy Kevin Stone, uh, which a coroner's jury. <laughs> Wait, is his name Kevin Stone yeah. or Kevin Stone? Is his last name? Kevin uh, Stone is his last name. Okay, okay, sorry. Uh, which a uh, coroner's jury found to be accidental or self-defense uh, after deliberating for a whole six minutes. Uh, Kevin Stone, sharing a last name with Sheriff Hubert Stone, isn't a coincidence. Uh, he's his son. Anyway. Okay, so what happened to Kevin Stone? Again? Kevin Stone shot Died. this oh. small-time drug dealer, um, and then they oh. found that it was either an accident or in self-defense after deliberating six minutes Okay. Uh, because he's the sheriff's son. Oh. The sheriff is like, in this county, is like a big like political oh. force. Oh, so he just shot this guy. He just shot this guy who it. he was doing drug <gasps> business with. Yeah. Okay, that he was doing drug business with. Well, oh, wait, allegedly, these cops are like d- in the drug. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah, all right. Uh, okay. Continue. So I'm gonna jump ahead uh, a little bit to uh, that was that's sort of setting the scene okay. of a couple, giving you a little background information on a all couple right. important things. This so I'm jumping weird. ahead five years to 1993. Okay. Okay. What this year is, were we in? We were in 1988 before. Okay. Now okay. we're in 1993. Just trying to keep uh, track. Another big year for Jordan and the Bulls. Uh, they we're won. Back to Jordan and the Bulls. Yeah, yep, okay. we're gonna go back to them for a little bit. Okay. Uh, they won the third consecutive NBA, NBA championship that year. Uh, and Michael Jordan became the first player ever. It's a Chicago-themed ever. episode, everyone. Yeah, it is. Chicago-themed. It's a big Chicago app. We got Michael Jordan. <laughs> Sometimes we- I forget that he was in Chicago. Like, it was the Chicago Bulls. I yeah. just know that he was, like, this big basketball player. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Some Bulls. <laughs> All right, sorry. Yeah, uh, so they won the third consecutive, they, their first three-peat that year. and Three-peat. Uh, and jordan became the first player ever to win three consecutive finals mvp awards (gasps) oh shit yeah um but doing good um later that year in 1993 in october 
Uh, he uh, abruptly announced that he was retiring from basketball what? to start playing Major League Baseball no. for the White Sox. What? Yeah. He played baseball? Yeah. <laughs> he, Who knew this? Everyone, tell me. Who knew this? <laughs> Who kn- What? If you knew that Michael Jordan stopped playing basketball for two years. And two then, years? Yeah. To be a baseball player? Yep. He wasn't good, was he? He was like... Oh okay. my god! What? He, was, what? he wasn't the worst. Did he just... like? Did they recruit him or did he just kind of like say, I want to play baseball. And then the White Sox were like, all right. Um, all right, Michael Jordan. It's a, Come I, to I, us. I'm not 100% sure. That's just so... Did a, he ever play baseball in his life before, before Yeah, that? so his father... Well, so yeah, he was... He... A, his the his father was a huge basketball fan, but he was apparently an even huger like baseball fan, and so like that was like the first sport that he like taught Michael how to play. So he did play what? base. He did play both growing up. On the White Sox too. Yeah, I'm a White Sox fan. Harry and I are White Sox fans. Yep. Did you know that we went to a White Sox game once? <laughs> yeah. Okay, continue. I um, just had no idea that he was a bit uh, okay. Okay. okay, so yeah, so he stopped playing bas- baseball. I'm assuming the conspiracy so has something to do with why he randomly quit his basketball career when he was doing so good? Yes, so I don't think okay. it was a retirement. Okay, yeah, I it doesn't sound like that it. that this was a secret suspension from the NBA that he oh and God. the NBA <gasps> didn't want getting out. Oh my, was he in on it? Was Michael Jordan in? Okay, keep going. <laughs> I'm so interested okay, in so this. so if you know... One thing about Michael Jordan is that he's an insanely good and hugely passionate good. about basketball. Basketball. Yeah, huge I was big. like, he's good at basketball. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one thing that you know. Obviously, I did not know he played <laughs> baseball. Okay. Uh, if you know two things about Michael Jordan, I you don't. know that he's an overly competitive asshole. Um, he is? Yeah. Uh, in his Hall of nice Fame guy. induction speech, he He's like, not a nice guy? I, I thought mean, he was like a real team player. Oh, no. I mean, he's... <laughs> Isn't he better? He's better at team playing than LeBron James, right? I know that. My dad <laughs> always gets you... into heated arguments right, well... with my brother about how, well, Michael Jordan was a team player, and, like... blah, 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 and LeBron mm. James is an asshole, and he only plays for himself. All right. If you think that Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James, you're a racist. What? Don't at me. What? <laughs> Are you calling my dad racist? Because you're right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not racist. <laughs> but you're calling him that. Um, okay, um, rude? Uh, okay. We no, will discuss that's... this after the podcast. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, okay. So, yeah, he's like, yeah, he basically spent his 20 minutes of his Hall of Fame induction speech, like, going through, like, everyone who'd ever criticized or questioned him, <gasps> like, rebuking I them. I love that. Um, uh, during the 1992 to 93 season, he was so like vicious and like bullied one of his teammates, Rodney <gasps> Recrae, so much that he quit basketball oh my forever God. as well. <gasps> he like worked the team like super hard and would scream at people like, "You're a loser! Like work harder! You're you're a loser and you're always gonna be a loser!" Oh my God, I did not know this. I thought he was like a nice guy. No, he like he was in Space Jam. <laughs> And that was my favorite movie. It's like a, I, It's so he was so nice in space. I th- he can okay. I think he can be a nice guy, but I think he also 
<laughs> is very, very competitive and very, very it's he nice to wants the to be good at basketball. Animals on Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Space Jam is so good. Okay, keep going. Um, this is crushing my soul and just ruining my childhood. Yeah. And, <gasps> Most people who know two things also know a third thing about Michael Jordan. Oh my God, who knows three things about Michael Jordan? <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Uh, and that is that he has a huge gambling problem. <gasps> no. <laughs> Are you serious? I yeah. think me and Michael Jordan could be friends. Okay. I, very competitive, could. very mean <laughs> gambling problem. I don't have a current gambling problem, but I know I will but one you're day. You're open to the I'm possibility. Open to the possibility. <laughs> I have a bingo problem, but we'll get into that at another time. That's another story. <laughs> Sorry, I keep interrupting. Go, no, that's I'm the right. I'm very interested okay. in this story. Yeah, no, good. Oh my god. Okay, s- keep going. Okay. Uh, so in 1992, um, after winning his second championship later that summer, uh, this drug dealer named James Bowler. Uh, is on trial for money laundering and drug conspiracy charges. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one piece of evidence that came up during the trial, I said, evi- I said evidence, like an <laughs> idiot, was a personal check that Michael Jordan had written to <gasps> Bowler for $57,000. Why did he do that? So he initially for claimed drugs? that it was a business loan. What? Uh, but then when he testified under oath at the trial, he admitted that it was to cover gambling debts that he'd accrued over a single weekend. Wait, so the drug dealer wrote Michael Jordan a check? No, Michael Jordan wrote... wrote the drug dealer a check? Yeah. And it was... He wrote him a check for $57,000. Because of the money he... that Michael Jordan gambled away? Yeah, because he like lost... I think it was a combination of like they were like betting on like golf games against each other and also like oh, it was money that Jordan like they were like, gambling together yeah Jordan he like owed him he owed him because he, he he like yeah so he's he's a big but, gambler but he's also not a very good gambler apparently but not for drugs apparently not okay it was, yeah just for so just, gambling yeah probably. because he yeah yeah right. fifty seven thousand dollars worth of gambling Losses. Holy shit. Um, you know, if I was rich, I'd gamble, so I don't judge. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, then, during the 93 playoffs, in the early morning hours, uh, the same day of Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals, Jordan is spotted gambling at a casino in Atlantic City. Uh, so, like, at, like, 2.30 or f- 3 or 4 in the morning, Michael Jordan is seen like the same <laughs> day as a game. Is this when he's a basketball player yeah, or like, a baseball player? Ba- ba- basketball player. He's like right before, you know, like the he day, quit. the night before. No, this is. Oh, um, we're wait. about to get oh, to no. something juicy. Continue. Yeah. So he's. Okay. They see him like gambling, like n- not not sleeping, like and doing healthy stuff like he should be. Okay. Um, right, right before a huge, a big old, big basketball game. Right before a big basketball game? Like Okay, so it's, okay. it's like the night before. It's the Eastern Conference Finals. So, like, basically the semi... Game two of the semifinals. Oh, no. Uh, so, l- late the night before game two. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and then just a few days later, a book comes out titled Michael and Me, Our Addiction, My Cry for Help, written by Richard Esquinas or Esquinas. What? Um, the next day? Uh, no, it's like a, about a week later or a few days later. Um, oh my I, God. 
Was Michael Jordan involved with this book? Um, well, I mean, it's written by a friend of his oh. um, called, I mean, it's the, the book is called Michael and Me, oh. Our Addiction, oh. My Cry for Help. Oh, um, okay. In the book, Eskinas uh, says that at one point in 1991, Jordan was in debt to him for one and a quarter million dollars mm. for their gambling debts. $1.25 million. Wow. Um, Not a good gambler, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So things aren't going good for him. Got it. Okay. Um, okay. So a little bit later that summer, in ni- on the night of July, in July of 1993, um, something else happens. Oh, no. Um, so uh, I'm going to tell the official story first. Um, okay. So, uh, on the night of July twenty third, nineteen ninety three, James Jordan, Michael Jordan's father, is oh. driving home from a funeral, uh, driving along route, U.S. Route seventy four. Um, while passing through Robeson County, North Carolina, he gets tired and pulls over on the side of the road to take a nap. What? Yeah. Uh, two yeah. teenagers named Daniel Green and Larry Demary. Uh, uh, come up to his car and uh, shoot him in the chest while he's sleeping. They steal his car, a new red Lexus that Michael had just bought him, and dump his body in a swamp. Oh my god, he was dead? Yeah. I guess he was shot in the chest. Yeah, they... they, (gasps) Yeah. His dad was murdered? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh no. Yeah, so Green and Mary stole several possessions that were in the car. Oh. And on his person at the time, including a video camera, two NBA championship rings, and a cell phone, which they used to make several calls to their friends and a number of phone sex lines, (laughs) Um, which is how they were eventually captured. Oh, my. Stupid (laughs) teenage... Was it teenage boys? Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Yeah. Okay. So. Actually, stupid teenagers. (laughs) Yeah, so some people say that this murder was connected to Michael's gambling de- debt habits. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I don't know, I don't. I can't say for sure that that's a fact, um, but I am skeptical of this official story. Yeah. Um, for several reasons. Um, so to start with, um, the spot where he pulled over to sleep was uh, just like 200 yards past an exit to uh, where there was a uh, quality inn where he could have easily checked in there to sleep for the night if he'd wanted to. He didn't what have if he to. he didn't have money? I mean, he's Michael Jordan's dad and he has oh. uh, a okay. brand a new. I well, don't think that. Yeah. And it, Jordan, Michael was obviously taking care. He had. He just yeah. bought him like a $46,000 sports car. That's true. He gave him like his. like championship rings he had yeah. like, uh, he had a cell phone okay. in 1993 oh. he had okay a video yeah. camera you're right you're in the right car. oh yeah 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 so he's got he's so i don't i don't think he's hurting for money i mean maybe he just it was maybe he was like i'm only gonna sleep for like 15 minutes i don't need to go to the hotel i want to get home tonight maybe he was trying to save money i don't know so weird that he napped on the side of the road though yeah like who does that um yeah this is also an area of north carolina that is like known for like having this county has a ton of crime um and like drugs and stuff and huge Uh. like and so and it's 
relatively well known and he didn't live super far from there so he would have known that this was a not amazing area probably okay i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know if he necessarily did or would have but it seems possible that he would have known that it was a bad idea to just sleep there yeah um the body was apparently driven around for hours after they shot it um but they didn't find blood in the car um the sheriff is interviewed in an article mm. I looked at, and he said that they've apparently found very small quantities of blood in the car, but um, I think most stories report that there was no blood found in the car. But they said he was shot in the Yeah, car. he was shot in the chest, and then they drove oh. him around for hours looking for oh a spot God. to dump him. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, one of the... Uh, uh, Daniel Green, one of the kids who uh, apparent was allegedly shot him um while he was uh waiting trial in the jail um uh scott robb uh, <clears throat> a writer for gq was going to was doing a story on uh, the county and the trial and stuff and he was going to interview green um but the day that he came to the jail um Green backed out of it saying that he'd been threatened not to do an interview or have his picture taken and that someone had broken into his house um, and not like taken anything valuable. They'd just they'd done they'd broken into a house and someone got him a message in the jail (gasps) that he shouldn't uh, do an interview or have his photo taken. Oh, my. Um, A convenience store clerk and a bread truck driver um, both said that they saw James Jordan, um, Daniel Green, and Larry DeMary on either the 26th or the 27th, three or four days after he was supposedly murdered. No. What? Mm-hmm. So after he was... Mur- so the three of... Like, the two suspects... Yeah. And the, the, two the, the mur- suspected and the, murderers and the guy that they murdered were seen together a couple days afterwards by a few people? But Yeah, like three or four <gasps> days after they supposedly murdered him. What? Um... And uh, James Jordan's wife uh, said that she spoke with him on the phone on the 26th. The day Uh, after? Three days after. (gasps) It was either the same day that they saw him at the convenience store or the day before. Oh, my God. Um, She she didn't know where he was calling from, but that he seemed like he was fine and safe. Um, And... uh, What? Yeah. And other witnesses who apparently the, um, who apparently the, uh, da, 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 um, the sheriff's department did an interview or something said that they saw at least two people running away from at least two other people who didn't meet, uh, match the descriptions of Green and DeMary running away from a car parked at the intersection of I-95 and US-74 in about the spot where, uh, he would have parked, um. So they saw other, so people saw other people at that location on the night or that it supposedly happened um, around the car. Okay. So, um, yeah. So add that on top of what we know about, um, I, like what I mentioned, the story that I told up in the front uh, of, the, of the story in 1988 about the corruption and stuff going on in this county yeah um the uh, the sheriff is also super racist uh, sheriff uh, so they Hubert don't think Stone. he's dead 
No, they, he def- he is dead. They found his body and identified it. Uh, they found it in the swamp and stuff. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, that's so, okay. Yeah, that's so there's so all, weird, but so there's he all didn't that. die that night, most likely. Who knows? Okay. I mean, all right. Weird. It, you know, officially. Officially. I mean, yeah, Green and Demary are both, like, serving time for it. Um, for but it doesn't sound like they did it. They didn't do it, did they? I mean, they? they were, I don't I don't know. They were uh, found guilty, but. Did they admit to it? I Yes, they did, but um, mm. they have. Wait, is there more about that in your story? Um, I don't, I don't think I have that written down right now. Um, I can, oh. but no, that he fine. did like he ha- is tr- trying to have it overturned, saying that the sheriff's department like. Actually, I don't think he ever did admit to it. I don't or no Green never admitted to it. Demary did admit to it, um, and Green is trying to have it overturned, saying that the sheriff's department like withheld evidence from uh, <clears throat> from the prosecutor and from the defense, or at least from the defense. Oh my gosh! Um, okay. Yeah, and so right. there. Uh, let's see. Um, in two thousand two, so this all happened in nineteen ninety three. Just to give you a sense of. Um, other corruption and stuff. Um, around a few years before this happened, a sheriff involved in the coke business, uh, or no, a, a deputy was indicted in the was for stealing a pound of coke from evidence and selling it. Uh, he testified under oath that a local drug dealer was paying Hubert Stone, the sheriff, three hundred dollars for every ounce of cocaine he sold in the county. Okay. So this, um. And in 2002, the state began Operation Tarnished Badge, in which 22 lawmen were charged with crimes, including former Sheriff Glenn Maynor, who succeeded um, Hubert Stone in, uh, as the sheriff of this county. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's a county like plagued with corruption. Um, and also this sheriff is, happens to be super racist. Some of the things he said uh, in this interview with Scott Robb um, in 1994, about a year after this happened, um, he says, um, most of the drug dealers that are arrested are one race, Indian, the blacks are on crack, most of the Indians stay on coke. Um, anytime you look down the street and you see a black and an Indian guy, you've got crime. You know you're not supposed to look at things like that, but that's the way it is. Um, so Green, Daniel Green is black, and um, Larry Demary is a Native American. Oh, um, so no. I think that you could look mm. at this as he's trying to stitch up this thing quickly and without too much fuss, and he found a black guy and a Native American guy to pin it on. Oh my gosh! Um, and so we don't we don't know. And probably never will know exactly what happened or why, um, or, and Ugh. why uh, James uh, Jordan was murdered. Um, okay. okay, so that happened. The NBA obviously is aware of this, um, this, and they are also getting also the information. They also knew that that book came out um, that said. Uh, they all they know all the information about Michael Jordan's habits, and so, um, so in, after the 1992 incident um, with the check, the fifty-seven thousand dollar check to the drug 
drug dealer. The NBA had interviewed Jordan about it, concluded he didn't have a gambling problem, and gave him a warning. Oh, um, okay. Now, um, <laughs> it was clear that things were uh, escalating, or yeah. thing that he didn't that he did ha- indeed probably have a gambling problem. Uh, so in August of 1993, uh, the NBA launched an investigation into Jordan's gambling. On October 9th, uh, the New York Times reported that the league had finished its investigation and cleared Jordan of all wrongdoing. Uh, three days earlier, on October 6th, Michael Jordan had announced his retirement. At that press conference where he ran, um, he's quoted as saying, five years down the road, if the urge comes back, if the Bulls will have me, if David Stern lets me back in the league, I may come back. David Stern was the commissioner of the NBA at the time, the guy who would likely have final say over what happens to their hugest star if he has a a gambling problem. Um, And so... At the time, okay. this uh, this uh, theory was going going so around. Got kicked still. off. So for that's his gambling that's problem. the theory that's the that theory. the NBA oh. didn't want it getting out that one of their main stars had a huge gambling problem. That's it. Was that's potentially, the conspiracy. Uh, yeah, and that Michael Jordan's father was murdered because of his gambling problem as well. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, he probably was. Yeah. And yeah, he was definitely kicked off for his gambling problem. Right, but officially he wasn't. Oh, yeah. He officially just retired of his own volition. Because to, to go play baseball. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, the ba- so they had him with his gambling problem? So. The baseball team allowed <laughs> well, well, it? Well, they didn't. I mean, the NBA found that he didn't have a problem, he didn't do anything wrong. Okay. Uh, um, oh yeah, they were like, oh, he didn't have a problem, yeah, and then he quits like three days and then he, later. Yeah, he or no, he he retires three days before the NBA drops its investigation. Okay. So on October sixth, okay. he retires, and then three days oh. later, the NBA is like, "Yep, he didn't do anything wrong." Okay. Um. Yeah. Sketchy. So. Um. Yeah. Even at the time, this was going around. Um. Uh. Like, uh, just, like, last year, um, sorry, uh, so there was, a uh, this thing on Twitter, uh, this baseball player at the time was replying to a tweet where someone was saying, like, the craziest conspiracy they 100% believe is real, uh, Michael Jordan didn't really temporarily choose to play baseball, he was serving a secret gambling suspension from the NBA, um, and then this baseball player who was also playing at the time named Corey Kosky and s- said, absolutely, we played him that year in spring training. And that is what every player was saying. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, every, like, it was, like, within oh, Major League trouble. Baseball, everyone that. was saying <laughs> he's, he's just here because the NBA doesn't want him betting on games and shaving points and stuff. My God. Um, so <laughs> it's sort so of an funny. yeah it's a technically unwritten rule that you're if you're a professional athlete you don't bet on sports um and oh when mo- he was betting on sports well uh the Aquinas guy uh who wrote the book about him he says that the NBA interviewed him and he he told them that he overheard a phone call with Michael 
that Michael was on saying to somebody over the phone, like, so the spread is seven points or something. Um, he was talking about, he was clearly talking to somebody about placing a bet on mm. some sporting event, okay. whether it was basketball or not, or whether it was a game that he played in or not. Oh, shoot. Is kind of up in the air. Okay. Um, it, you know, that can be, that's not confirmed because he didn't hear the other side of the phone call. Right. Um, oh my gosh. But, <laughs> so hmm. that is that is my conspiracy theory that I... That's would, it? Well... That's the whole story? Um, I mean, that is basically, yeah, the entirety of it. Um, so why would... So, so th- and his I, dad so, was murdered. So his dad... So Michael Jordan has a gambling problem that gets his dad murdered oh, and shit. gets him oh, so kicked out of the NBA. Oh, so by telling them... Okay, so by saying that these two random guys killed... His dad yeah. was a cover-up for his gambling problem. Yeah. The conspiracy is that he was killed because of his gambling problem. That's, that, yeah. That makes that total sense. A, and then him playing baseball for two years yeah, was is, like, a cov- is also like, oh, we don't want you in the NBA yeah, we need, yeah, you, because you have a gambling problem, so go play ba- baseball for two years? Yeah, you, okay, so yeah, it's like, you're a huge star. The NBA is getting huge ratings right now. We just like we like had the highest TV ratings for a finals ever this past so why season. Why didn't he just take a break? Why did he play baseball? Well, I because I think that it would be a very that would be even weirder. I think for him to just take a break to yeah because he is like yeah. I mean he's already he's known as no, a no. I think it's weird that he went to play baseball for <laughs> two years. I what the fuck. Uh, I don't know. That's weird. It is weird. It is so weird. weird. But I think like he's known as to be like a super competitive person. So I think if him just like stepping away from basketball and like doing nothing for two years is not a good idea or or would look, I think, even weirder. Um, Also, you know, also I think they want him. You play a lot more baseball games in a season than you do you play twice as many baseball games in a season than you do nba games so maybe they're hoping he won't oh, have wait, time did he to get gamble better? did he get better i don't know he still gambles a lot he still gambles <laughs> yeah. a lot but so, i i think it was just they're like okay you need we know you're gambling we know maybe you're betting you just yeah because of your gambling problem yeah we can't we can't like we can't do nothing about this you need to you need to step away for a little while and clean up your act. We won't like suspend you because that looks bad for both of us. Right. So you just do something else. You retire. You retire for a little while. Go go play baseball. It was your dad's favorite sport. And oh my gosh, I want to look more into his dad's death. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting. Can we do I, an episode on that? Is there like a lot more to that story? Can we do an episode on it's that? It's a really. Too? I like got so into researching the corruption of Robeson County, North Carolina, at this time. I I'm gonna. You should talk about that. Yeah, I'm like g- the I, corruption of. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, in the episode right? description, I'll put and a so link. So, are you saying that they were so corrupt that they were definitely so they were definitely in on covering up why? His dad died. I think that 
I think that is a probability. Right. So I think it, like I, it's... so it's either, either it's just a happy coincidence that I, they didn't, they were so corrupt and that they just wanted to stitch up this high profile crime immediately. Oh and gosh. so they were happy to blame. Uh, blame. So do you think the people who were convicted, do you think they did it? I don't know. If, if they did it, they didn't just do it because right. they wanted to. They didn't, they didn't just feel like shooting a guy and stealing his car. Yeah. If they're the ones who pulled the trigger. Um, Shoot, yeah, the cr- that's so crazy because people saw him later. Like, yeah, huh, I also so think weird. that I'm confused and just want to know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link to this um, story from a, a. Yeah, it was originally published in 1994 in GQ. It's really interesting oh. um, by Scott Robb. It's on it's on Deadspin now. Not that I want to like give the current Deadspin owners any ad revenue, but that's the only place you can find this story. Oh. Um, uh, so, uh, but yeah, I'll put a link to that in the episode description um, so that people can read more into it. Yeah. Because it it's a really interesting um, article. I think we need to dive deeper into this, certain parts of this story. Mm-hmm. I it think is. we do. Yeah. It's a very interesting This is story. fascinating. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this was so interesting. Harry was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do something with Michael Jordan. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then he was like, actually, this is really like, there's so much to it. I need an extra week. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then I was, and then he was like, all right, it's taken me three hours to write this out. And I was like, okay, this is going to be <laughs> some good ass content. And then I got this, and I am not disappointed. Okay, good. Wow, this is so fast. See, that's why I did not want to follow this. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, I'm going first with my very not researched thing. I did it like an hour before we started recording. I found those links. Right. Uh, yeah. So this. Yeah. So this is also the, you know, in nineteen. This is a year after the, the 1992 Olympics where they had the dream team play with like all the first time like NBA stars played in the Olympics. Yeah. So like interest in like NBA basketball is through the roof at the time. They, yeah, they just had like record viewership for the finals, and so they oh don't want gosh. any bad press yeah. right now. No, that would make a lot so, of sense. Well, this is so real. I thought this conspiracy was going to be just whack and like, oh, that's not true. But that this is the obvious yeah. answer here. That's why I believe in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to know more about his dad's murder. Because mm-hmm. that was covered up because he was definitely murdered yeah, because of his that, gambling problem. Yeah, it did, I don't think it would have taken. I don't think it would have taken much to persuade the the sheriff in this county to just no. stitch it up real quick mm-hmm. to blame to just a black guy and a native american guy were they both men mm-hmm. i assume yeah, yeah. Oh, or, man. yeah one was like one was like 19 and the other one was like 17 or something oh, no i hope they oh, maybe man, they were both 19 sucks. i don't remember the exact ages mm. man that's depressing Whoa, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. Is that all you got? Yep, that's that's all I have okay. for this episode. Oh, I'm gonna finish this off with um, my friend Casey, who we mentioned in the last episode, oh, yeah. who we yeah. talked about Crybaby Bridge. 
um she listened to the episode and remember when i was like uh tell us more she messaged me the story oh great so it's quick and i'm gonna go ahead and read it so let me find it don't remember if she messaged me or the known unknowns i think the known unknowns yeah okay so here it is because it's actually really fascinating okay okay carly and harry I listened to your podcast you did about the bridge. So basically, I went with Jordan, my boyfriend. Carly knows him. Harry doesn't. Do you know Jordan? I don't Her think boyfriend so. Jordan? No, you do. Oh, do I? Because Jordan is older than me. He was a class above me in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. He was below you. Okay. Jordan. Okay, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about then. <sighs> okay. But we went when it was almost dark. When you go there, there's a long dirt back road. I like back roads, but it felt weird going down this one. Mm. Mm -hmm. Once we got to the bridge, my phone had no service and my radio was just static on every channel. I thought it was normal for being out in the middle of nowhere. I started to take pics because it was getting dark and I wanted to see if I could see anything. I got about two pictures and my iPhone started flashing like if you click the unlock and lock button repeatedly, but it wasn't me touching it. Ooh. Yeah. It also turned off and on a couple times uh, on. Okay. It turned off and on a couple times. And once it turned back on, I would try to take a picture and it would freeze and I couldn't. Wow. Mm-hmm. The radio also started skipping channels by itself. <laughs> <gasps> so after that, we put the car in neutral and turned the car off in the middle of the bridge. I was just looking out over the river out of the river and seeing i could seeing if i could see anything as i was looking out i heard like small thumping sounds on the bridge and then my car started to move by itself almost to the end i tried not to freak out but i did <laughs> yeah <laughs> after that i just wanted to leave because it was too much for me i've never experienced actual ghost-like things i also don't believe in religion but i wasn't sure how i felt about spiritual things because i've never had an experience now i do because of this experience <laughs> oh but after yeah i mean seriously but cool. yeah but after my car moving i tried to turn my car back on and i freaked out again because it wouldn't turn on oh no ah! It took three tries to turn it on and we left. Once we got to civilization, I stopped in a parking lot because I was overwhelmed. My car was dusty from the dirt road and I got out and looked at the back of my car and there and there were a few there were a few small handprints on the back of my car. <laughs> That's I read this initially and I was like, wow, that's insane. And I'm reading it again and I'm like, <gasps> it was yeah, like all that's... dusty from the dirt road. And mm -hmm. when they got out, they saw little handprints because the theory is that the little kids push the car. Yeah. <gasps> Pretty crazy. Harry. <laughs> oh my. I can't. Oh, wow. Okay. Whew. That overwhelms me just reading it. Uh, I don't know what I, I would pee my pants <laughs> if I was actually in that situation. She's like, you need to go to the bridge. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so I think we should go to the bridge. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, what is. would you do? I don't know. Yeah. 
you'd find some weird explanation. See, I believe in that kind of stuff. I'm with you, Casey. <laughs> I oh my gosh, oh, that's a, so that's scary. A crazy story. You know Jordan. Okay. Okay. This is a we shouldn't have this discussion on this. No one else knows Jordan <laughs> except for Casey and maybe some other Del- and other Delavan people. They all know Jordan. Um Okay. Uh yeah. Crazy. So, is... wow. Thank you, Casey, yeah. for messaging Thank me that. Thank you for sending that in. That was amazing. Yeah. That was like our first like full like A suggestion, B personal paranormal story, and it was so cool. Yeah, it was cool. Like, I'm so happy about it. Casey. Okay. Do you want to know my theory? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's not child ghosts that push you across the bridge. It's raccoons. (laughs) It's the raccoons. Yeah. Pushing you up the bridge. Yeah. Casey, what do you think? Casey, do you think it could be little raccoons that you heard thumping and then little raccoon, little raccoon prints? Yeah, little raccoon paws. <laughs> they look, they look Honestly, like handprints. Oh my god. Thinking about this is so cute. I know. Like just little raccoons pushing the car. I would much rather that were the truth than. Oh, me too. I mean, I'd still be a little freaked out yeah, that like little I mean, raccoons weird thing, are pushing your car. But it's weird and but cute. But how fun. Yeah. It like, doesn't involve like dozens of child children dying. <laughs> oh my gosh! When we're in Central Illinois next weekend for the or in two weekends for the wedding, we should go. Okay. We'll go. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! I think we're gonna go, you guys. Okay, yeah, if we have time. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope. Oh my gosh, that's so cool! I need to go. <sighs> Okay, I could talk about this for hours, but I can't. So, do you have anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. Cool. Mm-hmm. So that is a wrap on That's... our fourth episode. Yeah. Technically. Fourth mainline episode. Yes. Um, thank you guys all for listening. Mm-hmm. I appreciate all of your support, and I love you all. Also, thank you to the people who reviewed our show on itunes yeah thanks. so nice mm-hmm. thank you all five stars too like yeah. i didn't ask if you hate it go rate it if you hate it go rate it <laughs> except please don't i don't really yeah, i mean if that. you hate it you can can you please just lie and give it five stars Yeah, can you please just lie and give it five stars i will pay people to give it five stars just kidding i, I think that might that. get us taken off itunes if we yeah. say that yeah okay never mind i will not pay you wink wink <laughs> but Maybe. if you send me your address i might send you something in the mail that's nice okay like money <laughs> but not saying it's money so uh mm-hmm. but really thank you yeah thank that's you really nice Keep, uh, if you have any ghost stories about encounters and weird things you've experienced, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, or any weird bird really liked the episode. They thought it was really good, and they agreed. They act okay. So yeah, they agreed that um, uh, the yeti no, the the yet yes. the abominable snowman uh-huh. would be a really good life partner. Yeah, I, I agree. Because they're nice and like big and fuzzy and warm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So thank you, Word. Thank you, Casey. You yes. guys are the best. Thank you. Thank you um, both. Yeah, seriously. All right. Um, Go follow us. Go like our Facebook page. Go rate us on iTunes. Go subscribe. Uh, can you subscribe on Spotify? I don't know. Yeah, follow us on Spotify. All that good, good stuff. Like, follow, subscribe. Like, follow, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, tell your friends. Share our page. Tell people to listen. Listen with people. Yeah, you just can listen have... on mute if you want. Yeah. I just want the listens. Yep. That's all. We just got to get those numbers up. We just got to get those numbers. <laughs> numbers. Okay. Um, That's it. We're just yep. rambling on at this point. Uh, sorry, last episode we didn't end with our um, usual. I was just annoyed and we were... I don't know. So end with our usual. Okay. Uh, so I've been Harry. And I'm still Carly. Wait, is that what I say? Yeah. And I'm still Carly. Great, start <laughs> over. Whatever you no, want. start over. Okay. I've been Harry. And I'm still Carly. And this has been Known Unknowns. Keep fucking that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> because it's weird out there. <laughs> oh, bye. Bye. <laughs>